with a very special guest. His name is Flowing River. He's a mystic, a poet, an author, and he's going to share some tools and techniques to help others step into self-mastery and raise their vibration. Welcome, Flowing River. Thank you for having me on the podcast today. I hope you're ready to dive deep, so get your scuba gear ready. All right. The first thing I want to ask you, because I know that you're out in Silicon Valley, what's this mystical flow state that everyone is chasing after? Yeah, so the flow state, you know, it's this spaceless space where everything just happens for you with such grace, ease, and flow that it's like effortless living. And it's so mystical because there's so many CEOs in Silicon Valley and even the U.S. uh, Marines are after the state because when you're in the flow state, it's like your intuitive abilities are just so much more expanded. Instead of thinking with your mind and the limitations of what the mind um, has been trained to operate with it, you get to go beyond the mind. So what does that look like, you know, on a basic level? Let's just say you're like snowboarding down a mountain at 70 miles per hour. Now, you don't have a chance to even think when you're doing that. If, you have, if you've had that experience, you, you know what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. And you're just trusting, like your body's just moving, you're waving down the mountain, like with no effort. The moment you think is the moment that you're, you're crashing. So another way you can think of that is like, let's say something more basic that people do, is like maybe freestyle, like just talking from your heart, you know, and trying to rhyme in some sort of fashion like rapping, right? And if you're thinking, you can just practice it at home with you with your friends, like right after the show, is if you're thinking, you're like, ooh, I wanna try to say something that rhymes with this word. What's a word that rhymes with? Word, oh, bird, right? And so you like try to make a connection using your mind. But if you're in the flow state, instead of trying to grab the word, you're just receiving the word. Mm. It's just coming to you, and it's just flowing through you and, and manifesting before your very eyes with no effort. And that's a little bit of the flow state, and that concept can be applied to anything in life. It could be a creative process, it could be building a business, it could be you know how you're taking care of your chores during the day. Um, and it's a state of mindlessness, and really takes you out of thinking from like the past or the future. It's really being presence with being in the now. So that's, that's the best way. Yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. Now, how do you raise your vibration to that level? Yeah, absolutely. So raising your vibration is a process. It's a journey, you know. It's it's not something that you're just going to do overnight to get into a certain uh, brainwave state or frequency of being because it's a gradual, like, gradient, you know, as Lao Tzu says, a journey of a thousand miles starts with a single step so if you're raising your vibration every day eventually instead of thinking about the flow state oh wow that's so far away i've never experienced that to oh i've experienced it a few times oh i know how to enter the flow state oh i am the flow state mm. that's a, that's a whole process right yeah. of raising your vibration into that and part of that is in the base love i mean for every point of consciousness wherever you're at on the path there's a different technique right so let's just start from ground zero one of the quickest ways that you can raise your vibration is literally start 
first visualize, you know, who it is that you want to be, what you want to embody and cultivate and call into your life. Like I'm calling in more peace, harmony, happiness, success, right? Let's just start there. That's something that pretty much everyone can agree on. Like we'd love to have more of, right? Mm -hmm. So the quickest way to raise your vibration, once you have that intention, is well, start pairing everything in your external reality with that. So if it's not peace, then cut it off. Mm. You gotta stop it, right? right? So one of the things that we see in our life is information. You know, back in the day when we were hunter-gatherers, it was so important for us to have all the information. If I eat that berry, it's gonna make me sick. But that berry tastes really good and I'll feel great after it. So I better ask grandpa which berry's most important, right? If you didn't have the information, you were dying back in the day. So nowadays, it's information overload. It's like 360 bombardment of information. And even if you're not trying to be out there in the world watching the news, somebody that's watching the news can tell you what the news is. <laughs> it's like that, you know? So um, you get to, after you have that intention, you get to start looking at, well, where am I taking information in? Because information puts the formless into formation, right? And you could be anything um, that you can imagine. So with that, have your external reality reflect the imagination that of your highest self, which is this peaceful, happy self, right? So we look at, well, TV, TV programming. Who's a, who's a programming? Programming you, television, telling you your vision, mm -hmm. right? Why are you trying to tell me my vision when I'm a sovereign being? I can, I can choose what reality TV looks like to me, but what they're showing me is a bunch of people fighting all day long. That's not reality to me. That doesn't line up with my peace and my happiness, so I'm not going to watch those TV shows anymore. And then you can look at music. And when you're listening to music, you're listening to a hook. Who are they trying to hook? The fish in the sea. So that they could just be exactly copying the words, mannerisms, and thought forms that they're promoting. For me, that was rap and hip-hop, mainstream, and, you know, I started dressing like rappers, I started talking like rappers, I started objectifying women like rappers, <laughs> I wanted, like, fancy cars and things like that, and that led me down one road. I'm not saying, like, that's the end of the world, it's the worst thing in the world, the world but that is definitely not peace and happiness and harmony. So, get to choose the music that you listen to that's going into your subconscious mind over again the same thing it's like literally entrapping your brain with movies magazines same thing but then you get to social media feeds and it's like who are you following when you're scrolling on your feed do you see the inspirational message that's trying to help awaken your heart and illuminate your mind so they can live your best life ever or are you filling your mind with uh, ceaseless desires like this hot girl or hot guy that you'll never ever have, but you always want because you must after it. It keeps you in a state of not having. Mm -hmm. So cut that out of your life, you know? And it, that could go for women and men, that could go for material objects, that could go for things that just aren't serving, you know? Let that go and just surrender it. The last one is the most difficult for most people, right? All those things can be done in like a day or a week or two as you're seeing them come up in your life. Like, oh yeah, why am I leaving this song? I'm gonna get to delete this song. Why am I following this person? I'm gonna unfollow them, right? So that can happen as a little process. But the last one, it's tough for a lot of people. Mm -hmm. Because 
are the sum of your five closest relationships? The people that you actually interact with on a day-to-day basis or a weekly basis, those are the people that are influencing you. That's your friends, that's your family. And sometimes that could be your partner or your children. And sometimes you obviously can't cut these people out of your life. Right. Uh, you know, especially if you're a parent, you have a child and this person is affecting you in a negative way. But that is your opportunity to learn what the lesson is for you to create a more harmonious environment. However, with friends that are negative influences, what does that mean? Well, when you hang out with them, how do you feel? Do you feel expansive, like I'm expressing myself, I'm full of joy, you know, like I'm happy? Or do you feel like shut down, contract, ooh, icky feeling in my stomach? This is kind of like dark, this is kind of like, you know, this person's gossiping and creating drama and like, why am I participating in this? You know, it's lowering your vibration. So if you notice that, you gotta take stock of that. And you gotta be honest, even if you've been hanging out with that person for 10 years or something, it's like, hey, this person is observing me. And the moment that you cut that away and surrender and let that go, obviously you do it with ease, grace, and flow. And how do you, how you do that? You don't call them up and be like, hey, you're a terrible influence in my life. Peace out, sucker. You know, like, I'm never going to see you again. Uh, don't do that. <laughs> you know? But it looks like more like uh, maybe changing from going out and drinking um, every single morning to like, okay, I'm going to hang out once a week. And then slowly you go from once a week to like, Okay, I'm gonna text message them, but we're not gonna hang out. And then it goes to like, okay, cool, we're not text messaging. That's like the slow exit, right? You yeah. can do the hard exit too. That's fine too. But just, just know, for every cause, there's a reaction. Mm-hmm. You know, and some people that might actually cause more trauma in your life, especially if a person's like loves drunk. So you gotta think about strategically <laughs> how to navigate the energy that is present in your life. Right. So and maybe it's. Maybe it's somewhere in between those two things. Maybe it's not slow. Maybe it's not the I'm cutting my arm off. Maybe it's somewhere in between. And only you know what's best. Go follow your heart, listen to your soul, speak through you. And that's going to lead you to your highest potentiality. So once you've curated that external to reflect your intention, wow, it's like a day and night. Like, wow, my life has got a whole lot more positive. Everyone's being so positive. And you know what that does? That keeps going into you, into your subconscious. And you start becoming more positive. Look at that. Mm-hmm. You know, so life just starts getting a little bit more rosier, you know. Everything smells a little better. And the sun's out a little bit more for some reason. Right. And um, that is how you create the foundation so that you can start raising your vibration. Mm-hmm. And then from there, you know, beautiful things start happening. Yeah. Mystical things. Mm-hmm. One thing that I've encountered a lot with my clients is that they have a lot of deep-seated trauma. What's your advice on healing that trauma? Trauma, drama. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so healing trauma, first and foremost, it takes courage. It takes bravery to heal your trauma, to truly look at yourself. So many people are in the name, blame, victim, and shame game that they have difficulty even just admitting that they've made a mistake. Mm-hmm. you know, or that they did something wrong. And so the first step I see really is making the free will choice. If you're going to go into your trauma, that's going into the depths of your soul, into the, the darkest things that you've ever done in your life. And so it's important to be gentle with yourself, to have compassion and love for yourself, to prepare for this space. 
because even when you started on the path, it's still an up and down ride. You're going up, you're going down, you're going all the way around, and then you start upward spiraling, you're taking two steps forward, one step back, then you're doing three steps forward, two steps back, then you're doing five steps forward, one step back. And it's important like when you take that step back to have patience with yourself, to release yourself from self-judgment and be like, it's okay. I, I messed up, I failed, I made a mistake, but it's not really a mistake unless you do it twice, which means you didn't learn. So as long as you learn your lesson and you move forward in a good way, then you're not going to repeat that pattern. And that breaks the cycle of trauma. That breaks your, your negative behavioral patterns. So once you established, like, okay, I'm ready to go in. I'm ready to be gentle with myself, even though this is probably going to be one of the most difficult things I've ever done in my life. <laughs> then you put the scuba gear on and you go in, right? Mm-hmm. And to understand trauma is really to look at well, what are the rotten fruits that are manifesting in my life? You know, because it's a reverse engineering job. Because the fruits, the rotten fruits, are these negative actions, these things that are destroying relationships in your life that make you feel terrible, make you feel depressed, make you feel really low and, and low self-esteem, lack of self-worth. You know, and it's like, why do I feel that way, right? So. We reverse engineer, we go, we see the thought, the action, or so we see the action of what happens. You know, we push people away in our lives, anger, all this stuff. And then we go backwards. So if that's the fruit, what are the leaves and the branches, right? So, okay, those are the thoughts. What are those negative thoughts that are reinforcing those actions? Because you never take an action unless you have a thought before it pushes you to do it. But then we look at the trunk, and what's the trunk of the tree? Oh, it's the emotion. Because before the thought is the emotion, the emotion comes, oh, I'm angry. Okay, you agreed that I'm angry, now I have angry thoughts. Okay, now that I now I have angry words and angry actions, right? Right. But then we go even further back into the trauma. And we say, well, why are these emotions happening here? Well, there's a belief system down there in the roots that are feeding all of the whole tree. So how do we get into the root? We got to go all the way back. To the first time that we thought that belief system served us. And normally, for most people, that's not just like yesterday, okay, I got angry and I made a mistake. That wasn't even like college, okay, I'm 20, no, high school, no, let's keep going further back. Adolescence, no. It's usually the belief systems are installed before we're seven years old. Mm-hmm. So if we're going to the angry team, maybe. The first time I got angry, I was like five years old and came in kindergarten and some kid stole my lunch. Mm-hmm. And so I got angry at him and then my intention was to instill fear in him so that he get scared and give me back my lunch. And it worked. So he gave me my lunch back, right? So he got scared, he ran away, he said, don't punch me in the face and then I'm gonna give you your lunch back. I got my lunch back, I'm happy. Now, as a little child, I learned that my anger in that moment served me. I got what I wanted. Mm-hmm. But guess what we do as adults? We take that belief system and we apply it to everything. But one size doesn't fit all. One key doesn't open all doors. In fact, one key usually opens only one door. So why are we trying to use the same key for every other situation in our life? Mm-hmm. Clearly, anger does not service 99.99% of the time. So, right. So, and it's interesting to watch the pattern that we have with this particular thing, because whenever you get angry, you're probably doing the exact same thing over and over and over again. Step one, 
feel the emotion of anger. Step two, raise my voice. Step three, uh, threaten the person. Step four, like create space. Step five, resentment. Step six, I'm going to start gossiping, create drama about this person. Step seven, maybe get revenge, you know, and then burn the bridge and never see him again. Like, who cares? To protect my heart. And that doesn't do anything except leave the entire countryside in a ball of flames burning to the ground. If that's your intention and the life that you want to live, then, you know, so be it. But you're probably not going to have a lot of friends. Yes. What are some of your favorite healing modalities and techniques that you use with your clients? I love working with the body. You know, there's three primary paths of ascension. The mental plane. Many people are very familiar with meditation Mm -hmm. or subconscious reprogramming, changing belief system through mindset and mindfulness. Then you have the emotional plane. You have the, the bhakti yoga, which is devotional yoga, or you have the karma yoga. It's the yoga of doing good deeds and doing community service, and it's the path of the heart. Just really sending and receiving love from the center of the center of your heart. And then there's the physical plane, which isn't very popular. The reason why it's not so popular these days is because back in the day, Lord Buddha said, it is neither to the left nor to the right. It is the middle way that is the way. What did he mean by that? Because he took the path of ascetics, which is the physical plane, but extremely extreme, like sleeping on a bed of nails and eating one grain of rice a day and doing like really extreme things that you only really see in India these days. And he did that for six years. And he said, yeah, don't do the extremes. You don't have to be so extreme. So then he started meditating for seven years and he reached perfect enlightenment underneath the Bodhi tree. But see, most people only know that he meditated, so that's all they focus on. But he did all that prep work before. So what I found in my own path is that I really like the physical plane because I could see the healing in real time. Like I could feel there's a pain in my right shoulder. Boom, I'm going to do the certain technique, and I'm going to move through it and release that pain in my shoulder. Now I become more flexible more fluid. And mm. something I've learned in the path is that the body is a representation of the subconscious mind. Yeah. So if you have flexibility in your body, you have flexibility and fluidity in your thoughts. Mm-hmm. And so you're really expanding the body to expand the mind. Because a lot of people think the mind is just in the head, but it's all over your entire body, as far as what I've been able to tune into. And so the techniques, uh, I really love shaking. Shaking is one of my favorite techniques, and the reason for that is so interesting, too, the way that the divine speaks to us and the universe speaks to us. When you stub your toe as a little kid, what's your mom and dad say? They say, shake it off, right? Shake it off, shake it off. That's how you heal it, right? Mm-hmm. And then when it, when Taylor Swift breaks up with a boyfriend, what's she say? Shake it <laughs> off, shake it off. <laughs> so, but realistically, there's science behind this. You know, the scientists have watched the gazelles and the African savannas. And as lions are to catch them and eat them for prey, the gazelle just makes his last effort leap and gets away, right? And the, the lion misses his pounce. They watch the gazelle go off to the side, you know, where it feels safe for a moment. And then it literally shakes violently for 90 seconds, like vibrates, like hardcore. Mm. And then it just goes straight back into living its life like nothing ever happened. So it just had this near-death experience, and everyone can understand this too. You just had this near-death experience. All this fear just enters your body. And you know what the first thing it does is? It shakes it out. 
So the next time when you get like a bad vibe or like somebody's sending you a bunch of anger or something, yeah. after your encounter, you feel like heaviness. There's tension in the body. Mm-hmm. And one thing that you could try is try just shaking it out. Just do like a gentle shake, like bounce around, shake for five minutes and see how you feel afterwards. And I guarantee that there'll be a shift in your vibration hmm. as you release emotional discharge. There's vocal toning, which is an ancient practice that I picked up from the Tibetans. And for each of your chakras, there's a certain tone that you can tone. And that tone will help move any energy that's stuck or stagnant there. Another one is resistance training, which is actually using tension against tension. The concept is there's tension in the body, so we're going to tense it. And we're going to tense it so hard that it actually ends up releasing the tension there. So imagine squeezing a balloon with like water, right? And if you squeeze it enough, it pops. Water comes out uh, and it blows, right? So we're using that same principle with the tension in our bodies. There is a finesse to it, a subtleness. All these techniques, as they're physical, there's potential for pushing yourself too much at the beginning when you're still working through self-limiting belief systems of what is possible. But if you believe you can hurt yourself, that's the danger. <laughs> mm-hmm. So the fourth technique of the yank is breath work. So this is more active breath work, similar to like Kundalini yoga, breath of fire, really moving density and negativity in the body through the pranic life force bringing in the light, inhaling the light, exhaling the density. So those are the four yang principles, and the yang principles are more are masculine, they're direct. You're going directly to your pain, you're shifting your relationship running away from pain to running straight to it and through it. So the only way out is through. <laughs> so, however, there's another way to do it, because in the universe there's masculine principle and there's feminine principle. So the feminine principle is the yin. And in the yin, instead of going directly to it, we are acting as the great mother. We're bringing our pain into our heart. We're hugging it. Oh, I love you so much. We're surrendering and melting the pain and the tension and the density away from it. And so what that looks like is more like yin yoga. We're holding positions for a long period of time and allowing this tension to just melt off of our body surrendering as deeply as we allow ourselves to go to expand it also looks like mantra singing repetitive chants that have certain tensions and certain vocal tonalities that activate different parts of your body and open them up then the third way is through meditation many people know of the concept of meditation but meditation is an entire radical there's so many different techniques like if you just go to Buddhism, there's thousands of meditation techniques, <laughs> you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but for me, one of the powerful techniques of meditation is to surrender and do nothing. Mm-hmm. It's actually probably one of the difficult things for anyone to do because the mind is always trying to do something. So how can you just do nothing? Then lastly, it is also breathwork, but a different form of breathwork. Instead of the active pumping breathwork, this breathwork is calming, soothing meant to relax, bring you to a state of serenity and tranquility and peace. So that way you can go deeper and deeper, deeper into the issues within your tissues and let them go. So those are the, the eight primary techniques. And if anyone's interested 
you can check out howtoraiseyourvibration.com. There's an online course for the four first yang techniques. Guarantee shift your perspective of what pain is and how to deal with it because we are actually all our own master self-healers. Just some of us are outsourcing our healing powers and it's like time that you get to reclaim that and heal yourself. Yes, it is. Yes, and I know like right now with COVID-19 going on and so many people are transitioning. There's a lot of trauma. There's a lot of pain. There's a lot of sadness that is on the planet. So that's very, very important. And that brings me to the next topic, your poetry book. I want you to talk a little bit about your poetry book and what that's about. Thank you. Um, Yeah, absolutely. So I just released the Flowing River Poetry Book. It's available on Amazon. It's 144 Poems of Awakening, a journey from the ego to the center of your heart. And it follows my path of my emerging consciousness over the past five years. And it's written in a way that anyone can resonate with because it was speaking directly to my soul. So uh, the language speaks to the soul as it's from the soul. And really it's about awakening to that moment. Wow, I have a ego, I have a heart. I'm not just this voice in my head. Like there's, there's more to me. And then going to listening to the heart and then to surrendering to the heart. Mm-hmm. And then finally to be the embodiment of unconditional love itself as the heart. And that is the process of awakening the heart. And instead of having all the energy up in the mind, the mind, the mind, the mind, now the heart is leading the show and the mind becomes a tool. Mm-hmm. And then so each poem is a step up the staircase of ascension. And so it's kind of fun. You get to watch the journey as the consciousness shifts over these 144 poems. And you can read it like an oracle book, like, oh, this is the reminder for the day. You just flip to whatever page. Or you can read it all the way through, and you can be like, oh, yeah, the earlier days. I remember when I hated myself, you know, and just kind of laugh about it. Or you can, like, go to maybe a poem that you resonate with, and you're like, oh, yeah, I'm experiencing that right now. That's so true. And there could be a reminder there for you, like how to move through it. Or you could even move ahead of maybe perhaps a couple steps of like where you're going and growing into and just kind of look into the peering glass of the future. So with that said, I mean, I'd love to play a little Russian roulette, Oracle style. Just feel free to pick a number between a 1 and 144 and I'll read you a poem. All right. How about 17? 17. Ooh. Okay. So this poem... It's a bit short, so maybe we could do two. 17 is called Everlasting Love. It says, Honor not the light bearer, but the source of the light. And if I am unclean, wash my soul. O great purifier, purify her with pure fire. Through the flames of your love, I long for thee. With the passion of a house of suitors in search of a mate, open the gates to my heart. Cast out all of my doubts as I cry out to the skies above. Part the clouds, show me the way, light the path to heal these wounds, for darkness cannot last, as my love is eternal and will last forevermore. Hmm. That's actually a perfect poem for what we're talking about, yeah. because we're talking about the path of purification mm-hmm. and opening the heart and healing. Yes. So, beautiful reminder. Yes, that um, was beautiful. I'm going to read you one of my favorite ones Mm -hmm. and it's called I am 
and you'll see there's many different styles in this poetry book from Rumi-esque style things to a little bit more spoken word, like this piece. And this piece is called I Am. Very important statement to the universe when you declare what you are. I am the truth. I am the light, cutting through the night, piercing your soul, strumming the cord of humanity that awakens ancient ideologies, shifting perceived realities as the shimmering waves of heat in the distance, realizing the pinnacle of our existence, the essence of our being. By seeing past three d into the infinite fractal nature of me, consciously expanded in all seven directions simultaneously, reaching for what is already held deep within, we find the key, L-O-V-E, turn it and see. What happens next? These scientists perplexed. The spark of lightning arcs across the deep. Connect two points as if joints. Time sinks. Synchronistic, surrealistic reality twisted to the rhythm of the middle of our souls. Deeper we go down the rabbit hole. Never quite knowing the plan, but understand all is revealed in due time as the unfolding of the divine. When we align and follow the signs, taking the path of the heart, we start to tear apart the fabric of reality. We're placed with our dreams, stitching the seams with streams of light, flowing through the landscape of time with crystalline visions we've held within our minds. So visualize the future and cure the present with your presence. Focusing your attention with the power of intention is the key to ascension. Mm. We rise with the sunrise, the truth reflecting back at me in your eyes. Glisten as we begin listening to the rhythm, turning the concept of them into us. We are the cusp of a breakthrough, but who has the courage to do what it takes to shake the shadows of their souls, clear the fear of the pain to obtain bliss? so that you can unclench your fists and inspire the next seven generations to hold that vibration of love, compassion, patience. Yes, it's funny you read that one because I heard that one on um, your YouTube channel. And, and I really liked it because we have a mystery school. And in the mystery school, all of our initiates, they have to do I am statements. So that's wonderful that you chose to read that poem. That is, that's beautiful. Well, I'm going to tell you, Florin River, I have really, really enjoyed this interview with you today. I want to put a link in the description box below so that they can get an access to your book. You said it's on Amazon? Yes. Yeah, it's available on Amazon. Um, you can also find the links through my website at flowingriver.co. Mm -hmm. uh, that's .co. Okay, I'll put a link to your website as well in the description box. And I am so happy that we crossed paths. <laughs> this has been wonderful. Yes, this has been Absolutely. wonderful. And I'm so happy to have had you here today. Radio station in the world. In the world. Is right here. Right now. The Golden Race. Conscious radio for the conscious community.